This Week in Startups is brought to you by LinkedIn. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit and launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com slash thisweekinstartups. Squarespace. Turn your idea into a new website. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use offer code TWIST to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And monday.com. Manage all your core business activities in one place. Start your 14-day free trial by going to monday.com slash twist. Hey, everybody. Welcome to This Week in Startups. we got a special treat for you today. As you know, we are investors in startup companies. As part of that, we have something called the Launch Accelerated. What is it? It's kind of like Y Combinator or Techstars back in the old days when they only had seven companies in each cohort. So- Maybe 10 times a year, we will have seven companies come, and they'll be part of the Launch Accelerator. And we did six in 2019. We did four classes in 2018 and two classes when we started the program in in the second half of 2017. And those companies have gone on to raise tens of millions of dollars. And it's a very simple deal here in Silicon Valley uh, or in other places, uh, tech stars is around the world. In fact, we put a small amount of money, $100,000 into these companies. We run a program for 12 weeks. We put them in front of 150 investors and we try to help them learn how to pitch their company, learn how to answer questions about their companies, do planning, do growth, and all around just try to help them navigate raising money. And we do this for companies that are in what we call our Goldilocks zone, not too hot, not too cold. Too cold? Well, you've got an idea, like everybody else. Uh, Too hot, you've got a Series A with six term sheets, and you're picking between them. You probably don't need to go to an accelerator. You just need to pick which term sheet you're going to go with. In between those two are 10,000 companies here in America that have gotten their products to market, have two, three, four customers, but they're nowhere near getting their Series A. They've got another year or two of work to do. That's where we like to engage founders. That's when they need us. That's when we can be the most helpful. And we run a scoring system in the accelerator, largely so that founders can find out which investors like their companies best. So every week we started uh, in the 12-week program, in the first class, we'd have one investor come, and that investor would mentor the seven companies and give feedback. And we'd ask them what their three favorite were. Then we started having three or four investors, and the last couple of weeks, we started to have 10, maybe even 15 investors show up every week. This adds up over 12 weeks, obviously. And we track the scoring now across all of those investors. So we have a little spreadsheet, and we ask investors, which are your three favorite startups through the lens of your own investing thesis? So if we have a bunch of enterprise investors that week, And there's two or three enterprise companies and two or three consumer. Obviously, the enterprise uh, companies are going to get the votes that week because they're in the wheelhouse of those investors. We give people a half point in the scoring system if they're third place. We give them a point if they're second place. And then we give them two points if they come in first place. We then add all those points up. Those points do not necessarily correlate with the eventual success of the companies. It's too soon to tell if it does. But it does correlate modestly with funding. And... Sometimes when something's very new, it scores a lot of points. There's a little bit of a recency effect. Whoever goes last uh, that week in the accelerator tends to get more points. So we started making it rotate uh, who got to go first and who got to go last in presenting. But the scoring system allows us to see really uh, which companies are breaking out in the minds of the investors we're inviting. That also allows the people who maybe aren't scoring points to ask themselves, is it my pitch? Is it my business model? Is it how much I'm charging people? Is it me and my ability to present my ability to answer questions? Is it my brand name, just to be a little bit introspective. Ultimately, by the end, when you have these seven companies presenting to a dozen or so investors, you start to see the points uh, get spread out and you start to see different people rise and fall. Sometimes somebody has a bad week, somebody tweaks their presentation. And we record all of these presentations so that the founders can look at them. That's the value proposition of the Launch Accelerator. If you want to come to the Launch Accelerator, uh, you can go to launch.co and apply there. Or you can email me anytime, jason at calicanus.com. But again, it's not for ideas. It's not an incubator. It's an accelerator. And so this last class, I thought we'd take the top three in terms of scoring. Um, It's just a way to pick three companies. Uh, You don't have to read into it too much. Uh, But... Uh, we'll have these three companies talk a little bit about what they do and what they learned, and you get an idea of what I'm investing in. 
we will then, of course, invest further in these companies as they go on through their life. So we have a four bet strategy uh, at launch. We'll make a bet on the accelerator. When they graduate, they typically are doing a seed round. We'll put a little money into that. Maybe they'll do another seed round and then eventually a series A, or they may go to series A and then series B. And we'll place a bet um, each time if the company is growing. So we like to keep continuing that bet and maybe get to 10 to 20% ownership in a company. That's what we do here. That's the model. First up is Taylor Monks. Uh, Taylor, you are the CEO and co-founder of Basic Block. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. This is your first startup? This is, yeah, this is my first startup. Tell everybody what does Basic Block do? Uh, so we help digitize uh, trucking workflows. So they're often using tons and tons of paperwork and organizing that paperwork to get paid. So think of like, uh, starting in uh, an origin and then ending up kind of at your destination and picking up bill of ladings or fuel receipts or toll receipts along the way. Uh, we then built like a little mobile application for them to scan those documents in. Uh, and then we bundle them up and kind of put them back to the back office uh, ready to be invoiced. So like Expensify or one of those expense software companies, you just take out your phone, you take a picture of your receipt and it normalizes it, OCRs it, optical character recognition, and takes what is paperwork and makes it digital exactly that's exactly what it is like <clears throat> and so people pay you for that yeah so they pay us uh, a SaaS fee of 50 dollars per truck per year uh for that product that we have that we launched so it's absurdly cheap yeah it's super cheap four dollars um, a month per truck yeah and and it's kind of designed that way so you you know we built the scanning solution as kind of like a trojan horse hmm. um because under that there's this whole financial product called um invoice factoring or asset-based lending or, or asset-based lending or uh, I guess just kind of payday loans, these trucking companies, they often don't get paid for 30 to 90 days. So all that data we capture from those invoices, our plan is to actually start funding those um, ah. and, and, and leveraging kind of uh, the data we get and the capital we have to actually uh, um, get them paid quicker. So you make a tool that's incredibly affordable. It helps trucking companies, which are typically small mom and pop shops with two to 10 trucks. Yeah, 93% of the market is trucking companies that are less than eight trucks. So we service tech, uh, that that percentage of the market. And so you find one of those trucking companies, they use the tool, they get great value from it, it gets rid of paperwork. And then you know how much that um, haul was worth. Exactly. So we uh, we are gathering the rate con and all the receipts and expenses that go. Rate con? Yeah, the rate confirmation. So they negotiate- Rate confirmation. Yeah, so they negotiate a, uh, a rate that they're going to pull that load for prior to actually pulling mm. it. So we gather that information along with all the expenses they had along the trip and journey. Mm. And then we kind of bundle that up and, and uh, then we, we ship it back to them. Right now, we're currently not um, doing the invoice factoring, but we're experimenting with it. All right. So this was your first company. How did you find out that we had an accelerator and how did the application process go for you? Because one of the things I'm hoping by doing this is I inspire other founders uh, to apply and you're from Nebraska, right? Yeah, Lincoln, Nebraska. So uh, I we found you on somebody, a mentor of mine, I think you tweeted something and they tagged us on Twitter. Ah, okay. um, and then the process was really weird. You know, like on our side, we're we're way earlier than most. And you talk about the Goldilocks zone. We were ridiculously early. And I think that you asked us to come present. Um, and candidly, we didn't have the money to get here uh, at the time. So we wanted to do it over Zoom. But you guys said no. So And I knew, obviously, listening to the podcast and reading a lot of your stuff, you wanted product and market. Hmm. So I kept saying no for probably like two months in a row. Huh. Um, and then I think the day I pitched you, we like went live with our first truck driver. Ah. Uh, so when we got here... We, we really didn't, yeah, it was just kind of a wild experience. We didn't really have the money to get here. We only bought like a one-way ticket to get here. So we didn't even have wow. money to like get back. Um, and the way that we actually afforded that ticket was doing like those clinical research trials. Ah. <laughs> so like we were like, all right, whatever. We'll just like get on the plane and like see if we can pitch Jason and see what happens. Wait a second. You mean you submitted yourself to a clinical research trial? Yeah, yeah. For you sure. personally yeah. took a yeah. clinical research trial to get here? Yeah, like multiple, we were funding that, we funded our company like for a couple months on those clinical research trials. And so then, basically you took some drug yeah. of questionable efficacy and or yeah. danger. Oh, order, very much danger. You like signed over your life to do this. Like right. it was like- So similar to what they do in prison. Yeah. You elected. Well, my mentors always told me that like, when you start a startup, you'll like, you'll put your body through stuff that you'll never like expect to. And I guess yeah. maybe they'd- 
meant that maybe they so didn't. you were all in uh <laughs> yeah we yeah. literally didn't have a like i'm not kidding you when i say like we bought a one-way ticket here like we didn't have a a way to get back hmm. and wow. it was like we were running out of money and my co-founder brett byman like i don't want to say the ship was sinking but like right things were on fire if you will and it's like yeah. we need this money to survive we get here and then it's like holy crap you write this check and it's like you know in nebraska like companies they don't often leave to come to the valley as early right. as we did. Like it's just like almost when we left, it was like we're going to like find Bigfoot. Is like kind right. of whatever the community is like. Yeah, good luck. Right. I um, mean, then when we came back, people were like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Like they did it, and right. we were like, you know, kind of like, yeah, like welcome to the show type of right. thing. Um, and then it was like, yeah, it was like that kickstarted us into like this crazy, like you know investors emailing us and like you know and you invest in us and then we're like see you later we typically i'm pretty sure you guys invest in companies and then you come directly to launch a couple weeks later um it's typically i would say on average three or four weeks between when we make the decision to invest and the program yeah. starts so i think that you guys invest in us in may and then we didn't come to october because we were right. so early so sometimes we'll invest early and then say to the founder hey you know maybe you should have five customers before you come to the accelerator because we want you to succeed. Yeah. And we know we can predict that investors might say, you know what? You only have one customer. You know, it could be your cousin or your uncle or your, you know, sister-in-law who did this for you. We'll yes. wait till you have five customers. Yeah. So for us, it was like we had companies prepaying us. Mm. So we had companies sending us checks in the mail before we ever had a product. And then by the time I think we got to you, we had like an ugly product, like really bad. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it was whatever. It, it was fine. We had one user at the time when I was, like, sitting in this chair pitching you. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we like, then you wrote us that check. And I, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, I do, like, very clearly. When we got in this, like, massive, you know, I think when Jason Calcanis invested in you in Lincoln, Nebraska, is like, you know, I think everybody got a little bit greedy, if that makes sense. Huh. And we got in, like, this terrible lawsuit, basically. Huh. Um, and I remember, like, we were literally, we took that 100K and we basically just, like, lit it on fire. Right. And it was, like, gone. And I remember having to call like you or somebody on the launch team, basically be like, yeah, you invested in us when we had that product and we were like just about there. Huh. We were just about to like keep going live. We went through this lawsuit and I was like, I have to get on the phone with Jason Calcanis and just basically tell him that like, I have to fire every single person on our tech team. It's going to go back to me and my co-founder who are not technical. And we just lit his 100K on fire. And I remember like calling you or whoever it was and like you guys being like, hey, we invested in you, not you know, anyone else or not anything else. It was like you to figure it out and we trust yeah. whatever you're going to do to figure it out. And I think that gave us like superpowers. Mm. It like that moment for us was super pivotal because it allowed us to like double down, like go through it all, like still raise the money, find an awesome CTO. Like we recruited him. His name's Corey Collins. And it was like that, like just kickstarted our company into like this rocket ship that we then came to launch one launch. And then um, we're lucky enough to like sign term sheets after that, which is which is All incredible. Right. When we get back, I want to know what you learned from the program, what your takeaways were, how do you think you grew as a founder, uh, if at all, uh, and then what you have to do to make the company successful from this point forward. When we get back on this week in startups, listen, time and place is everything. You know this, and especially in marketing, right? Location and time matters. But in today's age, when people are getting a million messages per minute, how do you catch people's attention? Well, with over 62 million decision makers on LinkedIn, LinkedIn ads make sure your messages get through to the most relevant people because they know job titles, location, the size of companies. It's not just about awareness. LinkedIn ads are driving traffic and engagement, such as visits to a landing page. So this isn't just to get your name out there. This is to get an action, right? To get people to come to your landing page so with precise targeting. SMBs, small and medium-sized businesses, which include startups, can speak to the people that matter and not waste your ad budget on people who don't. LinkedIn ads are helping smaller businesses get massive results. And here's a video of our marketing manager, Marine, creating an open office hours lead gen campaign. So she sets the company size since we're trying to get small companies, emerging companies, right? And she sets the title. You know what we want. We want founders and co-founders, of course. And after the targeting is all set, she creates the copy, the creative, and links it to a custom lead form. And within minutes, the campaign is up and running. So here is your call to action. I can't believe it. My friends at LinkedIn Marketing are doing it again. LinkedIn.com slash This Week in Startups for $100 in LinkedIn ad credits uh, when you launch your first campaign. Terms and conditions apply because they're giving you 100 bucks. Obviously, it's a big, generous offer. And I just want to say to the LinkedIn team, 
especially the marketing team. Thanks for supporting uh, independent media like This Week in Startups. It means a lot to us and the listeners. And thanks for the Hundy. I mean, everybody could use the Hundy, and everybody needs a little marketing, some more customers. All right, let's get back to this amazing episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to This Week in Startups. We're rounding up the top three vote-getters in Launch Accelerator's 16th class. We refer to that as LA-16 internally. Uh, first up was Taylor Monks. You were the high point getter uh, with 73 points. You had 20 uh, investors vote you in first place out of uh, you know 100 or and change that came uh, during the semester. What did you learn when you look back on it now and you've been out of the accelerator for a little bit? I don't know, a couple of weeks or months. What did you learn? What, what were the big takeaways for you as a company and then also as a founder, as an entrepreneur? Yes, I think the biggest thing was we leaned in really heavily to who we were like as a company, um, you know, being from the Midwest and, you know, I always joke and I have that line. I, I, I know you hate it, but when we used to say like in Nebraska. Oh my we, God, the jokes. It's, it worked though. It, it was worked. a good opening line. It was it like our you. corn, college football and trucks. Like that's what Nebraska has. And we really leaned into that heavily of like, you know, we understand this market. We have good founder market fit. Um, and we just kind of, we watched, we studied the film that we got and every like Sunday, our team would sit together and we'd make the adjustments and watch the, like, just like you would on a football game or anything else, watch the film and watch how investors. The film of you presenting at yeah. the previous week, because we film it and we give you the film so you can get better. Yeah. And it was like, not only, I think it's important to understand that not only do you like film us presenting in the deck, but then you're also filming the investors, Yeah, which is arguably the most important part of it. So right. I'm like looking at these cues of what they're writing down, what they're nodding, and then we're making just small changes. And then at the end of the day, like we got to the point where, you know, we could, I don't want to say this is a pitch accelerator because there's so much more to it than that with like the workshops and the other things yeah. that go on. But as the CEO, like coming in here and this being my first startup, I could walk into any room and we could pitch our business and every single firm we pitched at the accelerator and then went and had that meeting with them, we went into diligence with. Like it was like, it felt almost like other, like we were on another planet by the end of the accelerator. Like it, nobody could touch us. And I think that's what we learned the most is like how to pitch our business, how to be confident in it, and how to give those really short, concise answers mm. um, that we practice all the time. I mean, right. that's like what I feel like was my bread and butter in the accelerator was the answers. And I gave you a lot of feedback early on. You were a little resistant, if I remember. You had some slides in the deck that were overly complex, in my opinion, uh, and you didn't have video on the deck. Um, what what were some of the things that we, we, we joke about the joke? You had a joke at the opening yeah, yeah. line where you said, I'm from Nebraska. We only have three things in Nebraska. It's football and corn, college corn. football and trucks. Right. And I was like, take these jokes <laughs> out. But it actually made everybody laugh. So I was wrong on that one. But what did we change in the deck? And then what did you change about your answers? If you could think about one or two things to share with the audience that you got wrong. And then over time you realized, gosh, this is what great presenting is about, and this is what great answers to questions are about. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is we kind of painted this like workflow where it'd kind of go step one through, because trucking is complicated. If you don't mm -hmm. understand how it works, it's it can be like a, a marathon to learn it all in this like three minutes that we have. Um, so we created this like kind of workflow, and to your point, it was not about the workflow, it was about like story and the mm -hmm. details matter and screens like to move and all these like one-liners that you had that that made a huge difference for us. So instead of doing this workflow is telling the story of like Janice and Jared, the Janice at the back office, you know, uh, man or woman that's processing the paperwork and Jared, the truck driver, who's, you know, actually moving the load and how that process is working. So telling the story and also showing the product. Cause we did at that point, then we, we did build a beautiful product and it was, it worked and it was simple and it was slick and showing how the OCR and all the things worked um, made a difference. And investors started to like pick up on that. So for us, it was, uh, you know, showing the product and showing the screens and, and also telling the story from a, a person perspective. Not You just gave a, an actual example yeah, as opposed to a hypothetical with a bunch of graphics and icons. Exactly. We Nobody like, wants to look at a PowerPoint deck, but they do uh, like to look at a picture of your customer. Yeah, they and love And you like actually put pictures of your customers in there. Yeah, we went out there and like got these photos of like the actual people and, you know, we took time. We put we put a lot of effort into the deck, um, and my co-founder put t I mean hours and hours and hours into the deck. He's really good at design. And then when it came to the questions, you know, we always talked about like you know dunking on people, if you will. Mm. Like you know, they set you up to like try and burn you mm. on these questions, and you can really like lean into like yeah, you're completely wrong, and and answering that in so such a, a specific way that 
was kind of like dunking on them. That was like, yeah. hey, like you're wrong and this is exactly why and like on to the next question. And I think that two yeah. minute time frame that we have to answer all those questions in the accelerator, like it, it made it so we had to do that. You have a certain amount of efficiency. Um, for people who don't know, we give only three minutes to present your startup and then you have two minutes to answer questions right. after the, in between that, obviously the investors ask probably two or three minutes of questions. You were ask, answering very crisply, but what I like about what you learned here is if the investor is wrong, you tell them they're wrong. Yeah. And it's very simple to do. Investors like to be educated, I think. For sure. And if they ask a question, they're probing. They want to see what's going on with you. So if they ask you, like, shouldn't truck drivers just do X or isn't self-driving trucks going to just win? You could say, yeah, that's completely wrong. Yeah. Here's why. I think of it kind of like a like a tennis match, like a volley. Mm. So, like, investors like to volley. Like, quickly, they'll ask a question, like, as quick as you can, you want to answer back in the shortest mm. amount of time because it leads to, like, the next question and the next question. And secondly, and then this thing, this like beautiful thing happens where you're just bouncing questions back and forth between each other. And it's like very natural. I think once you get into that state of like volleying, mm. that investors like are really into it. If you answer concisely and in the few as few words as possible, the chances of you getting a great follow-up question go up. 100%. And then you get into that volleying. So yeah. if they say, how, do you, how much do you charge? The answer is $50 per truck right. per year. Done. Now let's get on to the next question. How do yeah. you acquire customers? Boom. Like it's 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 like intoxicating, really. Like, and I think that that's like that's like what investors are looking for, like that intoxicating feeling, like with a founder, or like this FOMO, and and that creates it. I think. Yeah. Well, the credibility certainly goes up when you can answer questions crisply and in a short fashion. People who filibuster and answer in a long way, they start to sound like politicians who aren't even listening to the questions, and right. that's what I'm always frustrated with myself when I ask questions to founders and I'm trying to invest in their company and they just can't give me an answer. Yeah, but I think I learned that like really quickly, like the first time I ever sat here, I was interesting because I didn't know how it went. I always had this good read on how it went and how it didn't win. When I left here, I was like unsure, but you asked me a question and then you said like, you're like, that's not the question I asked. Like, let's try again. And you asked me again and I was like, I think that was a eye-opening moment of like a coaching moment for you to me where I was like, okay, wow, if this, if Jason does invest in my company, I can expect this like candid on the spot right away feedback and we can move past that really quickly. And I think that yeah. I appreciated that a lot. I say it all the time, yeah. which is that's not the question I asked. Thanks for the answer, but that's not the, what about the question I asked? Do you, yeah, remember, like, do you even remember it? Yeah. It's like, let's try again. And yeah. I think that that's really cool. I like, I, I'm a, I'm a really big like proponent. I, I love like just fixing the mistakes right when they happen and then and then moving on. So yeah. I think that's cool. Well, there's really little time uh, when you have a startup, as you know, the clock is ticking. So uh, let's assume you uh, are in the process of raising money or maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure what we are allowed to say <laughs> theoretically when this, issue, this episode will come out. But assuming that you're able to raise money, which we think is, uh, you know, a very good chance, what do you have to do over the next year and a half to make it to the next level what what is the next 18 months like for basic block and if you want to go visit the website it's basicblock.io. obviously you're going to be hiring uh and if you're in the trucking business go check out basicblock.io. if you know anybody in trucking go ahead and email them that url yeah that'd be great uh the so over the next 12 months it's really about building a repeatable sales engine for us hmm. um it's about standing up a sales team and really like honing in on what that messaging in what that that's those scripts are what the email marketing looks like um, A-B testing, those types of things. We get incredible open rates in, in the industry, but people just don't respond. So for us, it's really honing in on the messaging and and then building out the engine that takes us into kind of like, okay, this is a SaaS business. This is, they can sell this software all day long. They know what they're doing. And oh, by the way, they're sitting on a gold mine of these invoices that they're just not monetizing yet. Mm. So for us, that's the real focus. In the next 12 months- That's um, the go-to market. Yeah. And you have a plan to go-to market and hit a certain number of sales executives. Absolutely. SDR, sales development reps, and you're going to try to close. Yeah. And so you learned a lot about that, I assume, during the accelerator as well. Yeah. The growth workshops with like Presh and you and like and 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 Jackie and everybody else like diving into what that would be like. And they actually, it was, it was really valuable when it came to- the actual process of raising money, mm. because you know, I'm not, I'm not phenomenal with the numbers. Like, I think that's no, 
secret. I think you used to just grill me on that all the time. Mm. But I think that uh, my co-founder is, and when we put together these plans and we got to the point at the end of the process where investors would ask you like, what about these hiring plans? What are you going to pay them? How many are you going to hire? What is the percentage commission going to look like? And we had built a lot of that in these workshops that like on the fly, I could be able to pull up all these these documents that we had and be like, yeah, we've thought about this and here's what it looks like. Right. And investors- Now you've separated yourself from people who are just pulling numbers out of the air to somebody who actually has a plan they're executing against. Yeah, and like we're on a Zoom and like I'm casting me live going and like grabbing that document that I know the name of. Oh, let me pull that document up, right? Yeah. Now your credibility goes to the roof. You look like a baller and you're like, they're like, Every question they're asking, you're like pulling up another document. How do you find a customer? Oh, we use this website. This is the scraping tools you use. And I'm like building a list in front of them. Wow. And then, you know, it, it got to the point where, and I think that's, and then, you know, on top of that, it's like understanding and your customers, like understanding where you are as a company and and then, you know, them edu- help educating your investors too. We, had, we have some phenomenal customers across the country that would, able, would get on the phone with our investors and yeah. like talk about the product and where we we're going and everything else, which is really nice as well. Fantastic. Well, listen, continue success on it. Congratulations. You did great. Uh, it's great to be in business with you. And we're looking forward to the next 10 years and when you and I go to the uh, NASDAQ and <laughs> I'm right over your right-hand shoulder while you press that button. That would be cool. That'd be it's really going to be cool. fun. We're going to do it. I hope so. Let's do it. All right. We'll be right back with more founders from the Launch Accelerator. Do you want to turn your idea into a website? Do you want to blog and publish content, maybe sell products or your service? promote your physical or online business, or maybe you're doing an event or a special project. Well, Squarespace is the answer if you want to have a beautiful website set up in no time at all with e-commerce functionality, their award-winning customer support, and templates that are responsive and work on any device. Squarespace is beautiful, and it's all optimized for mobile, where most customers are coming from these days. You can also buy a domain and choose from over 200 extensions right on Squarespace. So it's so easy breezy. Boom, you get your domain, you get your website, you get your e-commerce set up, and you got that support if you need it. Here's a demo of Presh using uh, Squarespace's templates to build a beautiful photography template for his passion project, superhumanwallpaper.com, which showcases all of the Inbox Zero images that he gets at the end of the day. So go to squarespace.com right now for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code TWIST and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Go to squarespace.com, get that free trial. The website, it will look beautiful. Your website's going to look gorgeous. They have so many beautiful templates. And the best part is everybody on your team is going to know how to edit and clean and crisp up that website with new content whenever you need it. They just keep making the product better and better over the years. They are the gold standard for building beautiful websites. Go ahead and go to squarespace.com and get that free trial. Use the promo code TWIST to save 10% off. All right, welcome back to this week in Startups. Today, we are meeting with the top three uh, scorers in the Launch Accelerator's 16th class. If you'd like to come to the Accelerator, you can apply at launch.co and you can email me anytime, jason at calacanis.com, my first name and last name, and I'll introduce you to the team and we'll talk about your startup. Always good to include a link to the product and a chart uh, about your traction. And this just is generally good advice for all founders. Lead with what's strong. If you got a beautiful product, lead with that. If you got a beautiful chart, lead with that. If you got both, here's a link to our product and here's a chart. Here's a video of our product in action and here's a chart of our revenue or customers. All right, next up is Max Coleman. Max, you had a company uh, called Dow. We have a company called Dow Cloud, D A O C L O U D dot com, Dow Cloud. What does Dow Cloud do? So Dow Cloud connects people with wellness practitioners. And we help those practitioners grow and manage their, their businesses. And just right there, what a crisp explanation. Yeah. It leaves nothing to chance. We, we understand exactly what you do. You're Yelp. No one to thank but you. Oh. Well, we worked on out. it a bit. Yeah. Of you, you really do need to be able to explain in a sentence what you do. Yeah. And you're able to do that very simply. You help... Uh, Six months ago, my answer would have been... 45 seconds long and really (laughs) brutal uh getting to the point is super important in this world tell me how did you find out about our program i'm always curious as to how Um, we actually i don't know if i told you is uh david fox 
uh, remind me of who David is? He's a syndicate member. Oh, David Fox from the syndicate. Yeah, great. I met with him. We had a great conversation. Did he get his like, 10% commission? Do you know if he got his commission on I don't uh, know, so his referral fee? We give them a referral fee on yeah. the carry. So yeah. make sure that uh, we know about that. So if anybody from our syndicate, the syndicate.com, refers us as a founder, we give them 10% of whatever money we make off of that startup's first investment. So we'd love yeah. to give it to him uh, for introducing us. And what did he tell you? Um, well, first, so we met, I met, I met him at a, a dinner, we got lunch, we were talking about the company for a while, he said he was interested in investing, we spoke for like 30, 45 minutes, and then he's like, yeah, I write like, you know, $5,000 checks, I'm like, wait, what am I doing here? Yeah. He's like, but you should talk to Jason Calacanis, I'm like, who's yeah. this? Huh. And uh, he points me to your website. Interesting. And like nine days later, you wrote me a check. I mean, it was, it was a very quick process. That is yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the way we look at it, those $100,000 checks to come to the accelerator, we want to take risk yeah. more than a million dollar check. And we put those $100,000 checks in so we can really get to know the founder and know if a 250K, 500K check, even a million or $2 million check is going to get put to good use. So you came to the accelerator uh, and tell us what it was like in that day zero. We have a day zero. Oh, day zero. You tore yeah. me up. Oof. Really? You don't remember that? No. Tell everybody. I do. I was, <laughs> I was kind of a softball. Um, yeah, no, I don't remember. Yeah, no, I, I pitched and you just like tore it up and it was probably the most valuable 30 minutes that I got. And it was, I wish I had that years ago. So um, let, let's unpack it then. Yeah. Because um, people know me through the podcast as being candid. What does it feel like? when you're in the room with me and six other founders in my team and you present and then I just come in and, and savage your presentation, does it feel great or how did you take it? How did you feel in that moment? Because uh, I'm always very careful in how I do this, but to be candid, I really don't care how you feel. I care about the results. <laughs> but let's let's pretend I care about how you felt in that moment and share it. Well, I, there was kind of a point where I was pissed off because I forget you said something about how is this even do we need to do our due diligence in this company again I was like wait a minute what are you, what are you talking about <laughs> and that's then, super uh, candid yeah. it sounds like something yeah. I would say and then uh, I think it was because your numbers you didn't have your numbers it didn't make crisp. sense and I couldn't numbers, explain it yeah, you couldn't I, explain your yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. and I am a math guy and I yeah. always tell everybody in presentations if you're going to do math with investors be ready to do math Yeah. because you put out I have a thousand people paying me $300 a year, they're going to be like, okay. But the year hasn't started. And like the way I'd, fr it just like didn't make sense the way I was explaining right. it. Um, so um, what else about that initial, because for people who don't know, day zero is before we actually put you in front of investors, we have you present to our team mm -hmm. and we try to really bang on the presentation and ask you questions that we think would represent the hardest questions you would get in the life of your company. Right, so that if we hit you with the hardest questions in day zero, it's sort of like joining, you know, the Navy right. SEALs, and they're like, "Yeah, that pool's freezing, and we're going to throw you in there and put a hose in your face, and let's see what it's like to get some water down your your lungs, because that's going to happen at mm -hmm. some point when you're out there in the thick of it." So, take us to that moment. Well, I came back. I mean, the next day was our first pitch to the group of yeah. investors. I'd completely redone. Um, the whole deck and the whole really? pitch. And so actually, how long did that take to redo the whole deck knowing you have the investors the next day and um, I've savaged you? The evening. It was probably yeah. six, seven hours, something right. like that. So yeah. you say, you know what? I got to take this advice yeah. and get to work. Yeah. So you took it in the spirit in which it was intended. That's mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Um, it's also our test, to be honest. I want to see if I can break somebody in that first week. If somebody can't handle some tough you know, feedback, I would like to know that in week zero. Mm -hmm. because then I could just get them out of the program and not embarrass them or myself. With, has that happened before? Uh, has that happened before? I'm trying to think that through. Maybe you're not hard enough. No, you know, we, we're very good at picking, we like to think, but mm -hmm. we've had people who, once or twice we've had people who put up a pretty embarrassing showing, and that's why we started doing day zero. That's actually what it was. We had people come to day one, and it was so embarrassing. We said, you know, we need to have day zero here. We need to have a pool day before we put you in the ocean. Thank you um, for that. Well, tell me about what the first day was like then. Uh, after um, you had done the six or seven hours to fix the deck. Gosh, I honestly don't even remember yeah. really. But I do remember people coming up to me and being like, wow, that was so much better than yesterday. Oh, your cohort. Yeah. 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 So yeah. talk about that a little bit. You know, we you're in a cohort with six other companies. Mm -hmm. Did you become friends with them? Did you learn from them? What's oh, the relationship like with them? <laughs> yeah. um, no, I did. And actually, you know, one thing that was really interesting, um, 
I feel like I learned a lot about you through mm. the cohort. I didn't really know much about you. Yeah, that's that's unique you know? because you you found out about me through one of the syndicate members. Mm-hmm. You weren't a fan of the podcast mm-hmm. or something. And then it was like, yeah, I, and then I remembered, I think I'd heard of you before. It's like, right. oh yeah, the Uber guy. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought that you were just this like guy that got lucky on Uber. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and then we just decided to throw your money around and I got lucky and I got some of it. Yeah. And I remember first meeting the other founders in the cohort the first day and i remember kind of being like these companies don't even seem that exciting really like what what am i part i was kind of like yeah what's going on the whole here? thing and it was just like week after week of seeing the founders and seeing that they're making progress and everything mm-hmm. every time i see them their company's bigger better faster stronger and even though i don't necessarily understand i didn't maybe understand their business at first i realized i don't really need to all i need to know is that this founder is going to solve this problem Right, and it took me a few months to like figure this out about some of the founders, and then as I'm figuring this out, I'm like, wait a minute, Jason figured this out in two minutes. Like, what's going on here? Right, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, I really became really impressed with you over over that time. Oh, that's great. Just understanding, yeah, and I and I'm yeah, I think you're going to make some waves as as an investor. Yeah, well, you know, if you pick the right people. And you put them in front of the right people and you set the expectation properly, which is we're here to do work. This isn't like a vacation. We're not goofing off here. We're, we're trying to raise money and take money from the best people in the world to then build enterprises that will return 100 times their money. Mm-hmm. It's pretty serious, right? And so we're, we're, we are trying to find founders who are going to put the work in. What do you think by the end of the program, the big takeaways for you were? What, what did you learn as a founder yourself and then how did the business evolve because you're a yelp of alternative healthcare what do you what do you call it um, uh, wellness i don't know wellness i guess is the better yeah. yeah so wellness which includes what would be under wellness meditation so, uh, massage therapy what so there's 51 therapies that we recognize the big ones are chiropractic massage therapy acupuncture um, but the list goes on and it's growing. Mm. And people pay you to be on your site. The practitioners, yes. The practitioners yeah. pay. You give them tools yeah. uh, in order to blog and to get customers. Right. But right it's, now, it's mainly yeah. they, they create a profile and they share everything about their practice. They also earn reviews and endorsements for specific health issues, kind of mm. like LinkedIn. So if you're coming on, you don't know what therapy to look for, but you say, hey, I have this health issue. We say, hey, here are practitioners endorsed for helping with these health issues. So we bri- that's one of the ways that we're bridging the education gap, which is one of the problems that we're So solving. you have insomnia. You can come to the site and see here mm-hmm. is somebody who helps with nutrition. Here's somebody who helps with massage therapy, meditation, mm-hmm. whatever it is, chiropractic, yeah. that it relates to that specific issue. How did the – how did you – what were some of the things that you advanced as an individual – over the 12 weeks. I'm always interested in what, hmm. when people look at themselves, um, you know, it was pretty clear that uh, Taylor got more confident, I think, as he went on and maybe he was in a little bit of awe of the investors and then he's like, wait a second, I can do this. What? How did mm-hmm. you advance, do you think? Hmm. What did you learn? Probably in some ways the same thing around confidence just like we're ready to raise this round i don't need to keep perf- you know i kind of was in this mindset we need to keep making everything perfect every you know, the product needs to be perfect everything needs to be perfect oh. um and i think whether it's it, just going through the cohort or learning from you realized okay i, I should just be setting my time fundraising and right. and not i was kind of like toe in the water fundraising right and that, that just doesn't works. work yeah you gotta be all in yeah and so how many investors have you met with? Uh, how many second meetings? What's that pipeline like for you in order to try to close around? Since the accelerator? Or yeah. From the, you can talk about pre-accelerator um, too, but just in the accelerator, how many investors have you reached out to? How many have you met with? What's the scale of the, the three or four months of the accelerator? Yeah, let's see. Probably have reached out to, my guess is, uh, let's say 100 to 150. Yeah. Uh, I've met with probably about half, about 60 to 70. Wow. Um, and that's what it takes. Yeah. To start getting people interested in investing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and before that, in the, you were running the company for two or three years before that. Well, yeah. l- the company's been around. It's been, it's, we're now five years in. Right. It's been a long journey. I became CEO two years ago. Right. So I've been running the company for two before years. Before the accelerator, that year and a half, how many investors had you met with? 
Oh gosh. Um, over the years, probably a hundred. Yeah. And yeah. what was the caliber difference between the investors we had and the investors you'd met just randomly? Oh, um, would you say night and day? I mean, it was just, I don't know if you would assign a caliber to, um, the, inv- yeah. most of the investors I was speaking to before. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Cause I wasn't really getting intros, you know, it's hard to right. get those intros, hard to get that first meeting. Um, did you, you know. find the program in some way validated you or open doors? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and how did that manifest itself? You would email somebody cold and they would recognize the program or my name or, um, well, or like Jackie would send an email and the subject line is Jason Calacanis, you know, um, uh-huh. by the way, I think you should do, I feel like Jackie should have an email that's Jason at launch.com and it's like coming from you. From me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to build a team. Jackie's one of our managing directors. So I want them to learn who Jackie is, learn to trust her judgment as well. Cool. But I will do that once in a while. I'll send an email myself if I have to, especially if it's one of my close friends, you know, if it's Shamath Mm -hmm. or Bill Gurley, sometimes I'll step in and be like, yeah, let me do that one. Bill hasn't gotten back to me yet. Yeah, well, you know, I think you have to look at the big investors as something you earn over time. Sure. So I look at those as term papers, not as like quizzes. Okay. You know, getting into like some new fund that's a $50 million or $150 million fund and they don't have a unicorn yet, like they're looking for deal flow. Sure, you're going to get that meeting. Mm-hmm. But to get the Sequoia meeting or the Bill Gurley meeting or the David Sachs meeting or the Founders Fund meeting, like that is something that you earn over like a year. Mm-hmm. You might send four or five updates, the charts going up and to the right, and then maybe you get one of their associates or directors and then or a principal and then you work your way up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's the way to sort of get there. What is the next? Uh, oh, let's talk a little bit about the answering of questions. We had Tyler talk a little bit about how good he got out. You maybe heard his mm-hmm, analogy mm-hmm. earlier where he said it was like getting into like a real good tennis match. Yeah, yeah. Did you Did you find you got better over time at answering questions? Definitely got better over time. I think if you look at the recording of my first couple of uh, pitches going and then go to the last couple of pitches, I think it's a huge difference in just being able to answer questions very quickly and concisely. I think I still need to – I still have a lot of work to do on that, especially mm-hmm. in my one-on-ones. Um but yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, if you're a considered person, what I find is considered people who are also very enthusiastic, they, when they get asked a question, they just get so excited. They, they answer the next three. Mm-hmm. And they may right, think of right, all right. the four or five questions surrounding that right. question. And then they think, well, what is the person really asking? Mm-hmm. They asked me what the revenue was for 2019. So I need to tell them what the revenue potential is of the next five product lines. And I never answered the original one because I just... I got to the virtual reality and augmented reality of Dow Cloud. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, when we're going to be delivering services virtually. Like, we didn't, I didn't even get to the answer of the, the first question. Um, what's still challenging for you as a founder? What do you feel you still need to work on? Um, always trying to become a better product person. I think that's just a, a gene that I don't have, but I'm right. just, you know, constantly trying to get better at being a better product person. Do you have a deliberate strategy to doing that or are you just feeling your way through it um for a guys you know for a while i was kind of feeling my way through i think something i have gotten good at is being able to test hypotheses with as little resources and time as possible Ah, the lean startup methodology yeah make small changes and test them efficiently yeah and even you know before i kind of figured that out i would we would you know, spend nine months building something and then no one wants to use it. Crap. <laughs> Go back to That's the That's the worst. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how do you do it now versus now, spending nine months of and fifty thousand dollars in developer resources? And now you do it kind of crappy and ugly and yeah. you know it doesn't necessarily work beautifully but you but it works enough to answer the question do people want to use this? Right. And then bef- bef- you know you answer that question before you start investing more right. um, resources. So when you have yeah. a service like this, I noticed on my Yelp in year, whatever it is, 15 of Yelp, <laughs> feels like Yelp's been around for a long time, um, they just have a wait list now. And I was like, oh, wow. I've been wondering why Yelp they don't- does? Yelp is testing a wait list service. So like OpenTable or those other oh, services okay, would have yeah, a yeah. wait list. Yeah, yeah. Now you go to Taishokin, uh, my favorite ramen place in San Mateo, and you can sign up in the app and say, I have two people. Then it tells you you're number 47 on the wait list. Come to the restaurant at 8.48 p.m. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it really works, and it's sending you updates as you go. And I was just thinking, they added this in year fifteen. They must have had this idea in month five. It takes sure. so long. Yeah, 
the obvious ones for you are scheduling and billing. Dow Cloud right now is like, hey, here's a directory of people. Mm-hmm. Here's a bunch of content with them talking about stuff. It's great for searching, great for SEO. Um, when do you th- are you thinking about those two specific features? Yeah. So the, the booking and payments is the yeah. first thing we're doing after the round. Oh wow! Great. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and actually that reminds me. Um, that was another thing that was really challenging is, you know, we start out with this massive vision, you know, and we try to build the whole thing and, you know, that doesn't get anywhere. No. And you end up building nothing essentially. Right. Um, So yeah, starting with the practitioners, starting with this kind of directory listing and then, yeah, the plan is to build up the stack, eventually become full stack practice management for the practitioners, not just a a marketing tool. Yeah. It's, um, People don't remember this, but I was driving in my original Tesla Roadster the other week, and I realized this doesn't have power steering. It doesn't have power mirrors. It doesn't have sensors for a backup, and it doesn't have a backup camera. This is Tesla's first product. It literally did not even have sensors. And when I got my first Model S had a, ca- a reverse camera but no sensors and i was like elon there's no sensors on this he's like yeah that was a huge mistake we have a camera and we're working on self-driving but we don't have a backup sensor so your the first model s is you could literally back into you know whatever a wall or your garage and you had to put a tennis ball in your garage on a string to be able to not hit the front of your garage in a tesla mm-hmm. nobody remembers that of course because now they drive themselves nobody remembers that Yelp didn't have a wait list or a delivery service or any of the other features they now have and they're easy peasy. But yeah, it, you get there over time. All right, continued success. Congratulations. You were uh, you got a lot of first place votes. You got 15 first place votes over those 12 weeks and you came in second with 56.5 points. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? Sure. A check is you know, better than points, but... A check is better it. than points. Yeah. I think that's important also to realize is that like just the points are a great indicator... People do people care about the points every week? Does it make people um, sharper? You think? Well, I think what's just helpful for me is so I'm focusing my time on the people who are interested in the business. So if someone right. doesn't vote for us, even in the top three, I'm not going to waste my time reaching out to them. Right. Um, Which is ha- why I created it. Yeah. Everybody thinks I created it for like the entertainment value. Well, that's and what you say every week, but I say that as um, a joke. Yeah, no, it helps. But yeah. really, it's yeah. just a way for me to say, hey, listen, if they voted for you for number one, two, or three. How do they not take a meeting? How do they yeah. not read your update? Because you can say to them, you voted me number one. You voted me number three. You uh, was really great mm-hmm. feedback. Uh, all right. When we get back, one more company from Launch Accelerator 16. Listen, I know you're running a very complicated startup and you got multiple projects going on concurrently. You got multiple pokers in the fire and you're trying to figure out what is the ground truth? What is actually going on in your organization? Well, unlock your team's potential with Monday.com. Monday.com is an intuitive work OS that powers teams to run workflows, processes, and projects in one digital workspace. Teams can share projects and workflows in minutes on a platform that quickly adapts to your shifting needs. And it liberates the team from all this grunt work and it connects them in one collaborative workspace. You can customize workflow templates to manage anything your way. Time tracking, to meet important deadlines, dashboards, to gain valuable insights at a glance. Precious using Monday here in our organization when we look at potential accelerator companies to come to the launch accelerator. And he chats with them to see if they're a good fit or not for the accelerator. Sometimes they've made too much progress. Sometimes they have not made enough progress. In both cases, we want to keep in touch with those people and make them feel good about the projects. So he separates them into our Goldilocks zone. He also adds notes in the comment section so the team can easily view what the next recommended uh, steps are. Join over 100,000 companies that use Monday.com to focus on the work that requires their true talents. Start your 14-day free trial by going to Monday.com slash twist Monday, like the day of the week, dot com slash twist. Okay, let's get back to this amazing episode. All right, welcome back to this week in startups. Uh, next up uh, is third place in the launch accelerator 16 class, but number one in terms of effervescence and uh, enthusiasm. Kate Chernis uh, is Kately of Lately, trylately.com. Uh, tell everybody, Kate, what is Lately? 
lately uses artificial intelligence to make writing social media effortless and way more effective. Way Thank more you, effective. Jason. <laughs> yes. Um, and you showed this really um, crisply in the accelerator by showing a Gary Vaynerchuk blog post and you would take the url from the blog post put it into lately which you can go try yourself if you're in social media try lately.com and it would take the gary v post and make i think it would make 17 different tweets and then you can go through the tweets edit them crisp them up it would it would suggest hashtags and it was like oh my lord you could probably use you know five of these might not be good five of them might be okay but the top seven were great and you could edit them and then schedule them and basically start on second or third base. You are hired. Come That's it. for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you came to the accelerator. You had I think kind of like a typical accelerator company had 10, 20, 30,000 a month in revenue. Yep. So maybe not enough to close the Series A yet, but certainly enough to get tons of meetings and for people to realize there's a real business here. What was it in the accelerator um, that you learned and when you look back on your time, if you were talking to another founder who was considering it, what would you tell them is a reason to do it or not do it? Yeah, like I mean, who you know, go? so I went to a few accelerators before yours. Okay. So I'm kind of a accelerator because I like free rent. Uh, and, well, accelerator <laughs> hopping is a thing. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can easily say that launch was hands down by far the best. Okay. Um, and I love my accelerator peeps from, from you know, before. Um, but but the big reason was the pitch was huge. I mean, we knew when we came here that something wasn't working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we knew we needed to change. We knew that I needed a, I needed a fire lit under my ass, whatever right. that was going to be like. Um, and I needed someone to help cut me cut through that clutter. So my, my superpower is not being concise. Mm. I'm a marketer. Right. right? Yeah. I spin it. I was a fiction writing major. Right. Um, I tell the long story. And I think that way too, which is why Lately works how it does. Mm. Um, and so having you help us do that was huge for me, but also um, understanding the product. So so even from from the time we came into launch and you said it was day zero here, writing writing social media making it faster and way more effective i was like great that's so much easier than whatever else it is we're saying this has been the bane of my existence but even till now in the last few weeks of the and in and through the the accelerator that um the investors were actually coming up to me and saying oh but you're you're so much more than that ah that's fascinating so you presented yourself in a very simple fashion we make writing social media faster and easier yep they said, no, you don't get it, Kate. There's so much more to this. You could actually do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Which really is the, the definition of a great startup is that it inspires investors, employees, customers to think of all the other ways that it could evolve. 100%. And I said that, by the way. I said the short version feeling like I was leaving it, leaving something on the table. Right. But like, I just had to be like, I got to take Jason's direction because what I'm doing isn't working. Right. Leave them wanting more and explaining it simply. Job number one, when you're talking to an investor, is for them to understand what you do. Mm-hmm. And to understand what you do, like if you see a great hamburger, we don't need to know you slaughtered a cow to make it. It's like, it's a beautiful hamburger. That's enough. Like, we don't need to know every step of the process in which that hamburger got put on our plate. Yeah. Like, you know? that's the, I mean, we talk about this all the time, but the dating metaphor that people use a lot. And, yeah. and finally, one day I said to my co founder, Steve, like, I don't understand this metaphor because, because people would say, well, in college, just remember like how you'd get her number. And I'm like, I didn't, I was a girl. I didn't get a number. Mm. Right. You're talking about getting like, uh, attention from tease. investors. Yeah. And, and just giving them enough information that they want to do the follow up. To follow-up. move it along. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's a huge learning that we got was this, the, concise the reason to be so concise is just to get to the next step right right whatever that is the goal of the presentation is to get a meeting to get a meeting that's it and that's what people forget is you're just trying to get a meeting you're not trying to get the check when you're meeting somebody at a cafe or that first meeting you just want to get the next meeting that was a great learning we got by the way from the previous cohort who who was who we met with a couple of times mm. they said when you get that vote from yeah. whoever is there w- afterwards go up to them and just say great thanks for the vote i'd love to have a meeting with you let's you know email or whatever and get some coffee don't get into a conversation with them right there right it's you're not going to close them right there it's not they're standing up they want to go to their next meeting they may have to go home and put their kids to bed they may have yeah. a yoga class and you're keeping them from moving on with their but you life you don't realize it because you're you're like oh my god uh, you know you yeah, get that so you like get spastic and you're like yeah. oh my god i have to close right now you don't yeah. you got plenty of time Just chill um 
how important is it or how hard was it to make progress with your business while fundraising at the same time? And how do you manage that? Because I hear that from a lot of <laughs> founders like, oh, my God, you know, invest, you know, getting raising around a full time job and running a company is a full time job. How do you manage those two things? Yeah, I mean, your hair is on fire. I mean, yeah. that's just just it all the time. Um, so I do it by having an amazing team. I mean, yeah. my team is superior. Right. People try to steal them from me. Right. Um, they've been with me through thick and thin, not getting paid a lot of times, and nothing seems to break them, yeah, um, which great. is incredible. And so I rely on them. And they know that their job is to run the company when I can't, because right. I am only human. Right. Apparently. And you can only be in one place at a time. And if you're raising fund, if you're trying to raise funding, you've got to do a large number of meetings in a short period of time. Yeah. Try and create that market. And you have place. to trust them to do. I mean, like, you know, I was just talking about this with someone who we recently brought on, and we've had this conversation a couple of times now. And I've said, listen, the worst mistake you could possibly make is one I'm cool with, which is why I hired you. So just go do it. Hmm. I don't stop asking me because the more right. you ask me, the more I'm wasting time not closing this round. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, what if, what else did you learn in the accelerator? Were there any other takeaways for you or moments you remember where <laughs> you felt like things evolved for you or something clicked for you otherwise? Yeah. Um, so the the big one was was the day that you pitched lately. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was your huge. I forgot about that. Yeah. Your you forgot about that? <laughs> no, your co-founder came and had yeah. a panic attack on stage, basically, <laughs> not to throw him under the bus, but he literally he froze up. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't like pitching. But he's otherwise like an incredibly confident human. So it was really right. like it was so and I'll tell you why this is so wonderful. And and you should s say more about what happened. But I'll, but I'll just preface it. What was beautiful was I was the benefit of some good things. But but two white guys in venture helping one is helping a woman out me. Yeah. And the other was helping me out. Right. That's you. But you were also helping Steve out. Right. And so when do you see that? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he basically got to like slide two and he froze up. He had a, basically had a panic attack. I don't know if it's a panic attack officially, but, yeah. or what that means, but he couldn't continue. And he kind of went off script and I was like, let me take over from here for a second. Cause I, I hadn't really spent any time with him, but I was like, this is a disaster. So I just <laughs> ran through your deck and I was like, let's just do it together. Get a, get some practice in. And that's what I always tell everybody, never worry. Like, even when something bad happens, it's an opportunity to show resilience. Yeah. And it's an opportunity to grow. And so when we went through it, I think actually people really then got excited. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, so I've watched that video a bunch of times. Actually, of me pitching your company. When I feel shitty, I watch this video. Yeah. Um, for two reasons. One, because Steve actually pitches me for three minutes, which is really validating. Because what happened there was Steve actually communicated... Um, the challenges that we'd gone through, but more importantly, he made me understand that not only had I survived them, but I'd led the company. I didn't even realize what I had done. Mm. And I was surprised to, to yeah. hear it in that way, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, shit, I am awesome. Well, you know what? We'll put it, we'll put it at the end of the episode. I'll have Nick stitch that. If you're okay with it, we'll stitch <laughs> okay. it to the end of the episode. Thank you. Um, well, the last thing I want to say about that real quick is yeah. the, the other thing was... Um, the fact that you just stood up and and as you were pitching lately, I started. I stole your lines. I don't know if you know. Oh no, this. I didn't know that. Oh which, yeah, which lines were the good ones? Oh god, all of them. Right. Like um, everything from and the AI gets to work. <laughs> like, oh, the AI gets to work. <laughs> yeah, or mm. like and now a social media manager can come in, look through, edit, schedule, pu schedule, publish. Like all of those lines, ah, I just took them because yeah. you took your concise superpower right and like put your put it on my thing and like i'm a stealer like i'm constantly having any investor any customer the way they describe lately i'm always writing it down and then repeating it out loud absolutely and because a customer is going to tell you like a child might exactly you know they say like ch children sometimes like from the mouths of children come like these great truisms yeah. and truth i forgot what the the expression is um but they can explain something in a very like innocent kind of basic way and your customers can do that as well. They're like, they asked the customers of Square what it was and they were like, it's a device you put on your phone and it lets you take credit cards and they don't charge you. Bing. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's what it is. Yep. It's a little device that you put on your phone that lets you charge credit cards and they don't, and they give it to you for free. Yeah, that's, it's funny it's what like, you say. Okay. Like, <laughs> as you're saying that, so the thing that we've heard the most in the last 12, yeah. in the, well, during the 12 weeks, but in the last couple of weeks, even since, is 
you you didn't you don't know what you have. Mm. You don't know how big the tiger is that you're holding by the tail. Right. And when when you stood up and did that, I got it because I could see the effect of everybody in the room. Mm. Um, and then since then, we you know yes, we make writing social media effortless and way more effective. But the AI actually does writing for you, mm. and so. The reason this is powerful, right, is because no matter, it doesn't matter what kind of tool you have to measure or publish or manage any kind of writing, Hmm. but if the writing itself is crap, you can't polish the turd, right? Right, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. And so once you understand that, and so what people have communicated to us since is that we actually created a lead gen monster because we're writing sales copy also, Ah, right? So it could be writing emails. It could be writing Mm -hmm. marketing on a website, not just a tweet, not just a social media post. All right. Uh, Yeah, out of the mouths of babes. That that is the proper way to say it, Charles. Um, (laughs) So when people ask you if they should do the accelerator, um, what it's like, what what do you tell them? Yes. I mean, so one of the things that we always... Um, used to judge the quality of the accelerator is the companies around us who are mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah. Um, so similar to how, you know, Max was saying like, you know, our actual reaction was like, wow, we are with some really high quality companies mm. and um, entrepreneurs. And we found that throughout. A lot of the times, frankly, I don't, it's not that I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a nice person. I just like don't have time for people. Like I'm busy running yeah. my company. This is not a social thing for me. I feel like I'm on the Bachelorette saying this or something. Like I'm not here to make friends or whatever. Yeah. But like I'm not. No, you're here. I don't care. No, we're here to do business. Yeah. Right. We're and, like growing business. This is the yeah. first time where like I literally really like these people. <laughs> right. And I want them to win and I want to help them. Yeah. Because when you were in other accelerators, maybe it was variable, the cohort. Yeah, like I'm just definitely the the bitch who doesn't go to any stuff. Like I right. don't go to social stuff. Like, I, and it's not. It's just like that's my damn my jam. You know. Yeah, you just want to work. Yeah, I just I just want to get shit done. I'm yeah, stuff's on fire, man. Right. You know, you gotta get stuff done. <laughs> gotta get stuff done. Um, so that that's for sure. And I think the I mean, you know, being in front of ten investors that are high quality every day and pitching to them. I've had sixty eight meetings in the last twelve weeks, thirteen weeks at this point. Wow. Yeah, they're like Max said, they've all been high quality. I've gotten, I can't remember when I have, I'm sure I haven't had a sec- second meeting, but I can't really think of that mm. moment at the moment. Um, and I feel like the questions, you know, I've done this before, right? right? Like, this is not my first time doing this. And it's just been a much, how do I say this? People understand what I do now. Right. They're placing the value on it. Your name, I mean, I throw your name around like a dirty prom dress. Sorry, right. but like it's valuable. Right. Right. I'm fine with that. Okay, cool. I don't exactly understand the metaphor, <laughs> but I'm fine with it. Um, it's definitely, and I told you from the coming into this that she was the most effervescent. I literally had to uh, reprimand you for whooping when you got votes. I was like, you can't whoop when you get votes. It's unsportsmanlike. So I had to give you a technical. I know. I was like, you can't cheer it that feels on. feels so good though. It feels good. You can have your inner voice whoop. Inner whoop. I yeah. knew that when you were whooping, I was like, you know what? That's going to cause more votes. And then I'm going to have seven companies <laughs> all whooping. And this is going to turn. And maybe that would be good for the program. It would make it really exciting if everybody whooped. Well, you do make it competitive. Like, right. I mean, well, I try to make it friendly in the competitiveness, but was it competitive? Did you feel you were competing against everybody or that you were just part of a team that was running really fast? Well, I mean, I really like the people I'm with, yeah. but it, no, of course it's a competition. It's okay. a competition because they're, those investors have to choose who they're going to get money from. And I'm sorry, I want it to be me. Right. Right. So like, they're not going to invest in everybody. No. And like, that's, you know, one thing, which is really hard is when you really like the cohort members you're with and you mm. want to help people and you also have to save yourself at the same time. So like, I'll see questions go by in Slack and I might know an answer, but I just don't have a half an hour, right. but I'll try to choose, you know, the, you know, yeah. and respond when I can. But sometimes you f- it feels a little devilish because you're like, ah, I'm holding back helping somebody and well I, there's only so much I time can. you have right yeah. and if we're hi- if we're investing in the right companies and somebody's asking a really basic question on the secret slack channel they <laughs> should google it first yeah or someone else will get to them right? yeah i yeah. mean it, you, the slack the super secret slack does <laughs> not exist to do the work for you on the margins you know, you can ask a question, but you're not going in there saying, can somebody explain to me this? You should be going in there saying, I've researched this. I'm at these two roadblocks. Has anybody had to make a decision between A and B? And how did you get to that decision? You should not be coming into the super secret Slack. That's something, by the way, you do really well is to keep that Slack channel valuable. Like it's the only 
I've got a lot of Slack channels that I'm invited to. Well, I answered, I kicked three people out because they were being <laughs> annoying. I didn't know that. <laughs> but well, I mean, if you're using the Slack, the super secret Slack channel to sell other people or, you know, not staying on topic or right. I'm not saying harass other people, but harangue other people like and like note to self. Well, no, you're not like that. You're all business. Remember you talked before about being all business. I think a lot of people get on there and they want to socialize and, you know, fuck around and like yeah, yeah. it's not the group to deal with. Like we're it's like, it's like somebody showing up at the Navy SEALs. I used that before and listen, I got greatest respect in the world for the Navy SEALs and this is meant as a compliment. Like if you come in and you start goofing off with a bunch of Navy SEALs while they're training, they're they're not gonna have it. I stayed at the Marines Hotel in preparation for this show, by the way. <laughs> Perfect. But I mean, it's just they don't have time for nonsense. Like no. They might have a good time after they go kill Osama bin Laden and have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they might goof off then. But if they're on the mission, like they're on the mission. If they're training, they're training. And if they're post-training and post-mission, yeah, maybe we could, we could have a crack a couple of cold ones. But like when you're working, like it's time to work. And when people are distracting, that really no. annoys me. It's and the only Slack channel that I pay attention to that's not my own. Yeah, one. I mean, actually, literally for me, it's the same exact thing. I yeah. literally have my two companies and that, the Super Secret Slack. And <laughs> I like it because you see me go on there and ask questions. That's and, the best part. Actually. Well, and a lot of times when I get in there, I see a great question that I want to answer. And then I read the six replies that came in. <laughs> and I'm like, God, my answer would have been fourth in this like race <laughs> to help the founder. Like, that's it's also great for me. I don't have to answer every question. You have this little community building of people who... Want to get shit done. All right, listen, continued success, uh, Kate. And if you Thank are you. in the social media space or you have a Twitter handle uh, or you've written a blog post, and that should be all of you listening if you're in the uh, technology. Or podcast or- and video. Sorry, plug. Oh, yeah, podcast and video now. Go to try lately, L A T E L Y dot com. And she is Kate Lee of Lately. You can follow her on the Twitter. Outland. Outlandos. I'm a huge police Outlandos fan. Media. You know the police? Yes. Classic rock. I love Andy Summers. I love short guitar players. I married one. Really? I stole the name wait, of Wait, wait. Who is the drummer? Um, that- Stuart Copeland. Stuart Copeland was a drummer. He plays everything but the beat. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so Outlandos. That was a great, great band. Media. I, um, I stole it. Well. They're great. Uh, Three Mark, pieces. <laughs> Mark Knopfler and Dire Straits were recording. Yes. In the south of France. Yes. And uh, they, uh, Mark Knopfler was... Um, you guys always played Knopfler before. He was my favorite, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then he said, like, I, I really love this uh, song. I just, I need to get, when I get back to London, I need to get Sting to sing on it. And they said, oh, no, no, he's he's here on vacation right now. And he said, and what? Did it. He's in, like, you know, San Remy on vacation or whatever, wherever he was, in Nice or something. And they're like, yeah. And then Sting came and sang on I money want my MTV nothing. and money yeah. for nothing, yeah. You know, so I was a rock and roll DJ in my other life. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That makes total sense. Yeah, so my last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM. Wow. And I can tell you that um, you can't play that song in the radio anymore. I know, because it's got the quote about, look at that F yeah. word, and uh, they they it's banned it. Well, they I, changed it. They, they actually, changed it. They yeah, have a they new version, yeah. um, which is fine, because Mark Knopfler explained it, and he's like, I was recounting a story of somebody who said that. Right, yeah. I didn't say that. It's not meant to be an anthem in that way. It's like they said this derogatory thing. It'd be like Right. In, it would be like making a movie about a serial killer and they're like, the director actually thinks you should chop people up. And it's like, no, no. the director does not think that you should kill people uh, like a serial killer. They're telling the story of a serial killer. It's a shame. The yeah. great thing about him, and I know we have to go, is yeah. that Mark Knopfler can play a note and everybody knows which guitar player it is. Instantly. And that's really yes. difficult. Well, finger picking on an electric guitar at the at the level he did has just never been done since, really. I can't find anybody who's yeah. even close. He stands alone. Yeah. All right. Uh, this has been a great episode. Uh, I hope you learned something from it. And the basic idea, what you should take from this is, let me give you 100 grand and come to the accelerator <laughs> if you've got a company that's in the Goldilocks zone. If you have ideas, watch the program, read the book, get Lean Startup, watch other people's podcasts. But please, for the love of God, put something out in the world and get three or four customers, get three or four people to try it. That's when you will get taken seriously uh, in Silicon Valley and amongst the elite investment class. If you have ideas, that's fine. Talk to your friends about them, brainstorm, but make that jump. If you hear my voice right now, make the jump from taking your idea and just make an MVP. It's not that hard, people. There's the whole no-code <laughs> movement. There's designers out there. 
teach yourself to become a developer, go to Lambda School, go to free. There's like a open free developer courseware online. Just go get it done and do the work. We'll see you next time on This Week in Startups. Bye-bye.